Hello and welcome to episode, I'm going to call this episode 8. I'm not going to count that last episode as one of the main episodes. So this is episode 8 and we're back on a Q&A. So as always, thanks for listening. In this episode, we have four questions, I think, submitted by people on Instagram and via email. So thank you so much for sending them in. Question number one. Let me get it up. Um... I did a little video on this, but I wanted to cover it on the podcast. So if you haven't seen the video um, and you want to see me answer it in person, face to face, um, go and have a look at my YouTube channel. Um, It's just Coach Clegg. But the question is, are calories burned on fitness trackers accurate? Which is a great question um, because fitness trackers are so popular now. And uh, the simple answer is they're not they're not accurate at all, um, and that probably be disheartening to a lot of people. But they give you like some fitness trackers will know your your age, your weight because you'll have put that information in at the start when you got when you got your fitness tracker. Um, that could have changed, and you might not have updated it. But even with that information it's not going to give you an accurate figure and there was actually a study done by stanford university in 2017 now the study was only 60 people in it but the results shown how far off fitness trackers are and how inaccurate they are when measuring calories burnt so the average was 27 percent wrong and it was all the way up to 93 percent wrong um, so it's not an accurate way of measuring how many calories you've burnt. So if you are currently counting calories and using MyFitnessPal to do that, and you are looking at your calories burnt and you're taking the information off your Apple Watch or your Fitbit or whatever, it might be doing more harm than good. Your best way to do it if you are calorie counting is just to use a generic BMR calculator or a total daily energy expenditure calculator and get that rough estimate and just stick with that rather than um, using fitness trackers on top of what you're already using in a BMR calculator and there's just more things to get wrong when you when you're starting to use use things like uh, fitness trackers so uh, one thing to to know and i mentioned this in the video i recorded as well they are pretty accurate on tracking heart rate though so if you look at your heart rate just take a few seconds to catch up sometimes depending on the the type of training you're doing and they seem to be better with like slow steady type of training so like long distance cycles or runs and things like that Um, and a little bit off when you're doing sort of hit training or take a little bit to to sort of catch up when you're doing hit training. But yeah, have a look at it for your heart rate, but for your calories burnt, just ignore it. Okay, question number two. How many times a week should I be training to reach my goal? Um, this is a bit of a rubbish answer, but it, it totally depends. And it depends on a few things. It depends on, first of all, what your goal is. Um, it depends on how far away you are currently from that goal. Um, so just to give you an example, like somebody that wants to lose, um, I don't know, let's say a stone, it's going to be a different amount of training sessions a week to someone that wants to stand on stage and do bodybuilding training. 
Um, so, yeah, if you're sending questions like this, just give me a little bit more context. Tell me sort of where you're at and where you want to get to, and I'll sort of help you a little bit more with that. But it depends. I mean, a good rule of thumb um, is people try to aim for this three to four times a week um, training. But again, if you want to step on stage and be a bodybuilder, you're going to need to train a lot more than that. Um, it also depends on, um, let's take, for example, if it is somebody that wants to lose body fat, because that is the majority of people that I work with. Now, the majority of people that I work with are not going to stand on stage and do a bodybuilding competition. They just want to lose fat. They want to build better habits and they want to just improve their overall lifestyle through diet and exercise. Now, if they, I would first of all, look at how many times a week you are currently training. So if you're currently training once a week, um, you're doing really well on your nutrition side of things, you're keeping that controlled, um, you will lose body fat just off the one session a week. Remember, it's that calorie deficit we need to get right in order to lose um, body fat. So in theory, you don't have to do any training at all if your calorie deficit is is on, on track daily and, and ongoing. Would I advise people to do no training? Absolutely not because of the massive amount of health benefits that come with exercise. So in that instance, I would, with that person, I would change from one session a week to two sessions a week, build that into their lifestyle, get used to it, see how they feel, then increase it to three times a week. Now, at that point, there's going to be a point where that that client is going to really enjoy them three times a week, and they may even push on to do more times a week, or three might just be enough for them and their lifestyle. So it, there's just so many different factors, and and working with me on a one-to-one -one basis, these are things we can discuss and, and figure out what's best for you. Okay, um, next question. Do I have to count cal calories to lose weight? Um, absolutely not. You do not have to count calories. And you'll look the years down the line. People haven't counted calories. They've just found different ways to control calories. Um, counting calories is just simply a tool um, to use to have sort of a clear, yeah, I'd say a clearer understanding of what you're taking on board calorie wise um, but it's not the only tool there's so many different things you can do um, just to mention a few on on this on this podcast um, so you've got things we need to look really at portion control so how can you reduce portion control um, so forgetting counting calories we can reduce the size of the plate or bowl that we use that could potentially reduce our portion control as long as we're not then piling the food onto them um, onto them plates or bowls. Um, we could look at um, the amount of meals we have a day um, and we could reduce that. That seems to be why intermittent fasting has become so popular, people skipping breakfast. Basically, all they've done is took a meal out of their um, daily intake and magically they've lost weight. Um, but in reality, they've probably taken a any from anywhere from a 400 to a thousand calories out of their their daily intake so it's it's no wonder that they're then losing weight through intermittent fasting 
Um, other things we can do um, is reduce the portion size based on um, hand measurements. Now, if you've not heard of this, this is a, a thing from Preci Precision Nutrition, and it's their way of coaching. Um, Precision Nutrition is a course that I've done, um, and they they work it out based off your hands. So each um, food group, if you like, is based on your hands. So for each portion, like if you think about the palm of your hand, that's going to be your portion of protein for the palm of your hand. If you think of um, clench your fist, that is going to be your portion of vegetables. If you then cup your hand, so imagine your um just sort of make a little bit of a bowl with your hand. That's going to be your portion of carbs. And then thumbs up. So a portion of fat will be the size of your thumb. Okay, so if you imagine it something like this, your plate would like palm of your hand, a piece of chicken. Um, another part of your plate is going to be a pile of veg, which is going to be the size of your fist. Then you might have a little bit of rice or pasta, which is going to fit in your cupped hand. And then on the side, um, you might have something like, or you might cook the chicken in a, a thumb-sized piece of butter or olive oil, or, um, or you might have a little bit of avocado or something on the side. So that's a that's another way of, of looking at your plate and using the hand. Um as an easy snapshot, if you like, to, to decide what goes on your plate. And then other things that, that you might look at are um, you might reduce a certain food group. And, and this is, I think this is the reason like a keto diet's got so popular recently. I mean, all they're doing is really reducing and almost eliminating carbohydrates. Now, if you think of things that are carbohydrates, so if you think of um, the foods that you we can really overeat quite easily, so pasta, um, rice, bread, um, biscuits, cakes, things like this, although some of these are, are fats and carbs. But there's nothing wrong with carbs, but they're all kind of foods that we are likely to overeat. I mean, we're not going to we're not really going to overeat on um, chicken breast because it's just not something that we overeat on. So if you are eliminating or reducing, I would never say eliminate, but reducing a food group, that is another way to sort of control your calories without counting calories. So there's just little things that we can look at to, to try and help you rather than counting calories because it isn't for everyone. And it's something that I Recom don't recommend people do for the rest of their lives personally okay next question do i need to vary the exercises to make progress in my um plan no you you don't you don't necessarily have to vary the exercises um and it's a good question because i think a lot of people um do do this um, you hear it said a lot, like you need to keep, I always used to hear it all the time. You need to keep your body guessing. There's slight bit of truth on that. And the truth on that is you need to keep your body, not guessing, you need to keep your body progressing. And 
you need to follow progressive overload. And let me explain what progressive overload for is for you if you don't know. Progressive overload is basically continuing to make something harder or more challenging for your body. And that's not necessarily just changing exercises. That can be putting the weight up, doing extra reps, doing extra sets, doing le- um, having less rest in between sets, changing the tempo of exercises. So there's loads of little things that we can change without necessarily changing the exercises in your program. And for some, it can be more of a negative if you're changing the exercises too often because you're not really... Say, for example, we've got... Um, a squat in your program and you do this program for four weeks and then you're doing the same weight same reps same sets on the squat and then after four weeks you think oh i'll change it my body's got used to this now i'll change it up and i won't do a squat anymore i'll do a lunge now you do the lunge for the next four weeks then you go back to a squat for your next four weeks. Now, there's a chance that you're going to do the same weight as you was doing eight weeks ago on the squat. So you've not really progressed. You've just sort of changed. And the reason why a lot of people change and the reason why a lot of coaches sort of change people's programs, it's not to keep the body guessing. It's really to mix things up a little bit and make it a little bit more exciting for you. Because if you're doing the same things week in, week out, and you're progressing them things week in, week out, you're going to get results 100%. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get, uh, your, your body's going to get used to lifting the weight at a certain weight. So you need to progress and lift heavier. And you're going to develop and you're going to get better at that exercise or them exercises. Um, and the reason we change it is more so that you don't get bored of the program. You, um, adhere to it better because it's interesting it's different but there's nothing wrong with doing the exact same things week in week out as long as you're following progressive overload and making things more challenging and you will get results that way so i hope that's give you a little bit more clarity because i think that's a big one i think people do change things too often So stick to what you're doing as long as you're following progressive overload and you're making them exercises more challenging as time goes on. Okay, and there are all the questions for this week. So that is Q&A done. Um, It's a little bit later than normal this week, so I'm filming this on a Saturday. Um, So I hope you enjoyed that and I hope you got some good information from that that's going to help you to achieve your goals. If you want your questions answered, then send them in to me, Mark at Coach Clegg, for the next Q&A, which will be episode 10, if I've got that right. Um, Next week is going to be a topic which I'm going to talk about weight fluctuations. So if you are dieting and the scale's doing your head in, listen to next week's because you're going to enjoy that one and hopefully it's going to give you a little bit of a motivation and a little bit of clarity on on dieting but as always thanks for listening and i will see you in the next episode cheers <laughs>